The spirit that was within this man is the one that was crying out with a loud voice. What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God. I solemnly beg you not to torment me. Isn't that just like the devil? He wants to torment people, but he sure doesn't want to be tormented. But the Bible says that the Lord gave him one good thing that could mess with him all the days of his life because he knows who God is. God is one. And the Bible says that even the devils believe and do tremble. So God lets them sit around and quake in fear just at the remembrance of who he is. And that's why when Jesus made landfall, amen, this spirit ran to Jesus, uh, fell down and said, uh, I know who you are. Please don't torment me. For he said unto him, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is thy name? He answered saying, my name is Legion for we are many. And he besought him or begged him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was, uh, there were nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding and the devils besought him saying, send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave in verse 13. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine and the herd ran violently. Notice it doesn't say they just ran down the hill. They ran violently down the hill because all of that uh, uh, pressure and all of that demonic torment was now in those pigs. They ran down the steep place and into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. And they fed the swine, they that fed the swine and told it into the city and the country and they went out to see what was done. Came to Jesus and they saw him that was possessed with the devil had the legion sitting clothed in his right mind and they were afraid. Seems like two different stories, but really they're connected. They're not separated by verse and chapter. They're one story. And the Bible says that when the evening was come, Jesus said to his disciples in chapter 4, verse 35, let us pass over to the other side. And uh, when he said that, amen, they got in the ship and they began to set sail at evening time. Now, uh, I don't know about you, but if I get on a boat or a ship or anything at night going out onto water that is far from land, I'm checking the weather forecast. Right? Because I know what it's like to be in a storm at night on the water. And so uh, you got to be careful when you go out. But here Jesus is saying, let's go to the other side. And the Bible says that they sent, set sail and they, they sent away the crowd and, and they took Jesus and they got on the ship and the Bible says they began to sail across the sea and uh, verse 37, there arose a great storm of wind. Everyone say a great storm of wind. It arose, it came out of nowhere. It was like a, uh, it was just like a, a uh, thunderstorm or some sort of storm that was not predicted. It just rose up out of nowhere and the waves, the Bible says, began to beat against the ship and the waves are just the byproduct of the wind. So really, the wind is what's causing all the trouble here until the ship was full. Amen. And I don't know if you're in this house today and you feel like uh, you've been going up against something, but God is here today to help us in this sail that we're on today in in life. Praise God. Jesus was in the back of the ship, however, asleep on a pillow. Amen. So we find a storm has arisen out of nowhere. We see Jesus laying in the back of the ship asleep. And now we see these professional fishermen, some of them, that are used to the sea, trembling and saying, I don't know what's going on here. We just started out and everything was fine. When we left land, everything looked peaceful. We saw the sun setting, no sign of storm, no sign of wind. And now out of nowhere has come this storm and 
this opposition. Amen. And so Jesus was in the back of the sleep on a pillow. The only reason there was a pillow on board, you can say what you want or think what you want, but you don't take pillows on boats unless you plan on sleeping. Jesus planned to take a rest because he never one time questioned whether what he said would come to pass or not. Not one time. Amen. He said, let's go to the other side. I'm going to go back here and get some rest because I've been praying while you've been sleeping. (laughs) Jesus was in the back of the ship getting some sleep. Not because he didn't care but that he knew everything was going to be all right. And the problem was the disciples misunderstood the pillow as a lack of concern. And instead of strong confidence in his word, they let it become fear in their spirit. And they woke him up and they said, Master, don't you care that we're going to die? Verse 39, Jesus got up and he rebuked the wind. The Bible says that the wind ceased And the great calm came. The waves laid down because he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, peace, be still. Can you put that scripture up there? Peace, be still. He rebuked the wind and he said, peace, be still. Now, I want you to see that that Jesus is talking to two things here, wind and waves. He commands, he rebukes the wind, and he speaks to the wave. He rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, peace, capital P. He wasn't hoping peace would come. He announced himself as peace. Capital P, peace, comma, be still. Peace is here. Everything has to lay down. I'm here. Don't you know who's on board? Peace is on board. Peace is here. Amen. Lay down. Be still. He wasn't dealing with the wind that way. The Bible says he rebuked the wind, but to the waves he said, peace, be still. Hang on just a minute. We're going somewhere, I believe. He said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? Interpretation is, how can you be afraid when I'm on board? How can you be afraid when I'm on your boat? Don't you understand who I am and the power of my word? Didn't I say we were going to the other side? And they feared exceedingly and said, what manner of man is this that even the wind... And the wave obey him. What they found out was what he wants us to understand here today. It's not about the storm. It's about who's on the other side of the storm. Amen. We need to understand that. It's not about the storm. The storm is only trying to prevent Jesus from getting to the other side. And on the other side of the storm, there's a situation that Jesus needs to handle. If I know anything about this service today, there have been some fierce winds trying to prevent you from getting here today. There have been some fierce winds trying to oppose this time here today. Hello? Uh Uh-huh. Some gale force opposition. But I'm here to tell somebody today that Jesus' ship made landfall about 10 a.m. Amen. The storm couldn't stop him from getting here. The storm couldn't stop us from getting here. And he certainly can't stop anyone from getting to Jesus that wants to get to Jesus. 
It couldn't stop Jesus from making landfall and it couldn't stop the man from getting in the presence of Jesus because whatever is opposing you is uh, underneath his authority and underneath his power, amen, and preeminence. Uh, the name of Jesus is here to set order in somebody's situation today. And I want you to look at what happened when they got to the other side. All of a sudden, the focus shifts from the storm, the ship, the disciples, and it turns to the main person that Jesus had to get to on the other side. Amen. And immediately, amen, there met him a man out of the tombs with an unclean spirit. And this is important to understand because this is the whole reason that the storm came up in the first place. Amen. It was about Jesus being on the ship. Amen. That got everything stirred up because Jesus had an agenda that the disciples didn't know about. Uh, he had to get to someone on the other side. Uh, amen. And we need to get a revelation about storms in our life. Uh, it's not about us. Uh, it's not about you. You don't matter. I don't matter. But I'll tell you what matters. If Jesus gets on your ship, uh, amen, all of a sudden it matters uh, to the kingdom of darkness because he knows who Jesus is uh, and he knows who Jesus uh, is in relationship to himself. And he says, I hope you haven't come to torment me what you can't hear today you've heard singing and you've heard music and now you're hearing preaching but I'm here to tell you there's a prayer meeting going on in the atmosphere and whatever is bugging you is praying to Jesus right now don't torment me before my time don't make me leave this person don't make me leave this situation I'm having too much fun making their life miserable <laughs> oh, the devil was having a heyday. Living in tombs and watching this man be bound with chains and watching his hair grow out and watching him take on the form of a wild person and somebody that people feared and somebody that no one wanted to be around and he suffered uh, 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 he was ostracized from his community and he was he was in a position that was very bad because of the spirits that were working in his life uh, and let me tell you something friend uh, amen the Lord is here to turn somebody's situation around because uh, amen the devil has something in mind uh, and it's not good He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen. That's a downward spiral. In any of our lives, that's the best that the devil has to offer. Amen. To kill, steal, and destroy. Amen. His ultimate plan for any of us uh, is confusion and death uh, and pain and torment and cutting and anxiety and living in isolation and living in bondage. Uh, amen. But the Lord has made landfall here today. Amen. And there's about to be a confrontation, if you will, with somebody's situation. Uh, the thing that has opposed you is about to have to get in Jesus' presence uh, and acknowledge who he is uh, and acknowledge that he is greater than he is uh, and say, just don't make me leave this person. <laughs> Jesus said, so what's your name? First of all, do you think Jesus didn't know his name? He knew his name. He didn't ask him his name because he didn't know who his name, what his name was. He asked him his name so that we could know who his name was. So that the man could realize what was going on. And that spirit cried out and said, we are legion, for we are many. We are many. Hallelujah. It's one thing to have an issue. Anybody got any issues? But it's another thing when an issue has you. Amen. Issues start defining us.
Amen. His name, we don't know his name, but the spirit that was controlling him, his name was Legion. For we are many. It was more than just we are many. We are many here today. But he was saying we are many and we are organized. Amen. It's about to get real in here in just a second. I believe the Lord's going to help somebody. We are legion. I am legion. For we are many. Legion is an old Roman term. Like we would call regiment. It's an organized, structured group of soldiers under the leadership of a hierarchy. And when he said, we are legion, my name is legion, he was confessing that we are very organized. The devil doesn't work by the seat of his pants, if you allow me to say it that way, because he learned it from the Lord. He learned it from heaven. He learned order, and he learned the, the power that was in order and structure and hierarchy, if you'll allow me to say it that way, or submission, amen. And so when he spoke out, he was identifying himself as legion. He said, for we are many. And he said, we don't, look what the first thing he said, we don't want to leave this country. What we need to understand about spirits is they are territorial, and this spirit spoke out and said, we've been working here a long time and we don't want to leave this area. Can I get it down, drilled down a little bit plainer? We've been affecting this man for a long time and we don't want to leave all the work behind that we've been doing in his life. <laughs> we don't want to leave this family We don't want to leave this family because we've done a lot of damage in this family. We got a lot of trophies on our wall with this man's life. He used to be married. He used to have this. He used to be well respected. But now look what we've got him doing. We've got him living in a tomb. We've got him chained up. We've got him cutting himself and crying. And we don't want to leave him We don't want to leave. I'll tell you what you let us do. Let us go into those pigs over there. Let us find a body to operate in. Just don't make us leave the region. Don't make us leave the territory. Amen. And so the reason that this is so powerful is because Jesus was wanting to show us the power of these territorial spirits and how they operate and want to operate in our life. You say, well, I'm not devil-possessed. That does not mean that we don't face the same kind of hierarchy. Amen. We do not face the same kind of spiritual opposition. Amen. When he saw Jesus afar off, the Bible says uh, that he ran and worshiped him. Amen. Even with all of these devils uh, inside of him, uh, a, a legion is two to uh, six, three to 6,000 devils. And here there were 2,000 swine that these spirits occupied uh, and ran down into the uh, sea. And, and uh, this is an understanding that we've got to see and get this morning. When this man got to Jesus, uh, it was the spirit that was talking to Jesus. Uh, what have I to do with thee, thou son of the most high God? I solemnly beg you that you torment me not. And Jesus said to him, to the spirit, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, what's your name? He said, legion, for we are many. Amen. And all of the devils uh, began to beg Jesus and say to him, send us into the swine, amen, that we may enter 
enter into them. Amen. So today, that you may not hear them, but there is a prayer meeting going on in here. Amen. That we cannot understand right now. There are spirits that are praying to the Lord. Just let me stick around and keep causing trouble in this region. And the Lord's about to say, uh, it's time for you to go. Amen. It's time for you to get on about your business because I'm not only going to make you leave this man, you're going to leave this region. Amen. Look in verse 13. And Jesus gave them leave. One translation says, he said unto them, go. And they entered the swine and they ran violently down the steep place into the sea and they were choked in the sea. Can I tell you today that Jesus didn't come here to take care of part of the situation or to do a half job. He has come in this house today to take care of every situation represented here. I don't care how big, how small, amen, but God is in the house. And he made landfall today about 10 o'clock this morning, amen, and there's been a war in the heavenlies ever since. Uh, things that have been trying to oppress you, d- uh, drag you down. Uh, amen. There could be somebody in the house that's possessed by a devil, but you don't have to leave possessed by a devil. But there are people that could be oppressed by the devil. You don't have to leave oppressed by the devil because the Lord is here and he's had an appointment with you today. Amen. And he has made landfall and stepped off the ship uh, and he wants to do a great work. There are territorial situations that have become accustomed to working in your life. Probably the most dangerous thing right now for anyone to do is to turn me off. Because the Holy Ghost has brought a word in here today. Amen. This isn't about me, but I know the storm that's tried to prevent Jesus from making landfall this week, but I'm here to tell that spirit it's too late. He's already here. It's already here. It's already in the atmosphere. Amen. There is already alignment taking place. Uh, Amen. And so open your heart and let God speak. There are territorial situations that have become accustomed to working in your life. Uh, Amen. Family, uh, until many have become uh, defined by them. We just learn how to live with them. We just learn how to put up with it. We just learn how to coexist with it. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus has come, amen, because he doesn't want us to coexist with it. Uh, He wants us to get delivered from it uh, and get victory over it. Maybe I'll say it this way, generational curses. It's a real thing. Don't be spooked out by the word generational curse. It just means something that hasn't been broken off of your life yet. Mm -hmm. Something that's wreaked havoc in lives for a long time. I'm talking about today, right now. There's a prayer meeting going on between this thing that's bugging you and Jesus right now. Sounds something like this. Jesus, we saw you make landfall at 10. And we don't want to leave. Don't don't torment us. And the Lord says, you got one option. Which pig do you want to get in? There's something very powerful in this story. And it's really a revelation that many of us miss. We gain great insight into spiritual understanding and spiritual realms through this story because the devil and his kingdom 
are very strategic in how they work and operate. And the reason Jesus asked him his name was for our benefit. Again, praise God, so that we would understand that they are organized and there is a way to the a method to their madness, if you will. Amen. And so uh, I want you to understand that he wanted us to see that it wasn't just a lot of demonic forces that he was dealing with in this man's life. Uh, amen. It wasn't just a crowd. Amen. It was an army. Legion. Ephesians six eleven says this, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles. What's that word, wiles? Schemes, strategies, and war tactics of the devil. He's strategic. For we wrestle or we war not against the flesh or blood, but we wrestle against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Guess who Paul's writing to here in Ephesians? He's writing to the church and he said, just because you're in church, just because you might have been saved and baptized and repented, there is a spiritual war going on for your soul. Amen. And if we don't learn to take authority over these things and get those things broken away from us, then we've going, we're going to have to wrestle them in this principality and power and ruler of darkness. Spiritual wickedness in high places is something that we constantly war against, but the Lord wants to give us victory over it, amen, and defeat it through spiritual principles. So we see here wrestling against an organized fighting force that these things are territorial. That's why they beg Jesus not to kick them out of the region. In verse 10, don't send us out of the country. And the things that this man fought against so long had now become his identity because he was warring against a principality, a territorial spirit. It works just like it does in the natural. Do you know the way that a city grows? It annexes new territory. Right? They annex new territory, which brings new citizens, which brings more growth. And that's the way the kingdom of darkness works. Let me say it this way. If somebody doesn't understand what's going on here and you keep having children if that cycle doesn't get broken then you keep expanding and the devil's influence keeps expanding in families until somebody steps up and has an encounter with Jesus and gets something broken off, uh, amen, things keep getting repeated and repeated and repeated, and we think, I'm saved, but this is happening. I've got this going on, and I don't understand why I can't get the victory over this. I can't understand why I'm still struggling with that because, uh, amen, it has never been dealt with properly, spiritually, and overcome through the power that Jesus wants to give us here today. So many times we're wrestling spirits that have been assigned to us or our family. Now you just stay with me, all right? I'm not goofy. But I'm not afraid to talk about this. Because I see too many people that are bound by situations and they struggle and deal with something over and over. Now, we're going to have battles and we're going to have things that we've got to get the victory. But the Lord says, I want you to go from glory to glory, victory to victory. But if we keep stumbling over the same thing, there's something that has to be gained, amen, once and for all over situations. And so today the Lord wants to give understanding and revelation in this area because uh, there are spirits that we wrestle with uh, that many times have been assigned to us or our families for a long time. They're known as generational curses and they're passed down from generation to generation until someone comes in contact with the spirit of God and the blood of Jesus uh, and a revelation of who he is. Praise God. 
I'm probably going to say a, a, a couple things here that, I don't know, philosophically might rub some feathers. I don't know. But we've been indoctrinated by this world. Alcoholism is not a disease. It's not a disease. Amen. It's a spirit. <laughs> I know when I was young, I'd go by, we'd drive by a bar and it would say, spirits. What in the world is it talking about spirits? The devil is so unwise sometimes. How is it we can walk in church and be afraid of the spirit, but people can walk in a bar and say, I want some spirits. Got to be careful what you're asking for. You're asking for the wrong spirit. That's legion. Amen. Drug addiction. It's rooted in spirits. You know why? Can anybody tell me the heroin cap capital of Ohio? Not far from here. It's not Columbus. It'll surprise you. It's not Pickerington. It's Fairfield County. How can a drug have control of a county? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers. And sometimes we're ignorant of this because we just want to not talk about those things because they scare us. No, we don't need to be afraid. The devil's the one that's afraid. We're the ones that need to be informed because knowledge is power. And when we understand what we're dealing with, we can have a revelation that Jesus has made landfall here today. Immorality. Hello. Adultery, incest, rape, abuse. Why do these things repeat? Anger, rage, physical abuse. That's why a daughter that grows up in a home where the father is abusive many times, very high percentage of times, will end up in a marriage with a husband that's very abusive. Why is that? Because familiar spirits attract and it has nothing to do with that person making a bad choice. Many times a spirit will make sure that that person gets realigned into another situation where they will be abused again because that spirit doesn't want to let go of control over that territory. Woo. <laughs> Here's a new one for you. I never knew what this was growing up. Bipolar. Schizophrenia. Here's one we think is not spiritual, but poverty. Amen. These are cycles. Cycles of poverty. And the Lord is here today to break some cycles. He's made some landfall here today to really deal with something down to the core. Many times these things are just 
transferred from generation to generation until God is given the opportunity to break the cycle. This explains the storm on the sea. This explains the storm on the sea because what was happening here, and now these stories begin to come together and make sense because we understand what was on the other side and what Jesus was trying to get to. But we need to understand what was trying to prevent him from getting to the other side. It wasn't just the humidity level and it wasn't just, uh, you know, the fact that uh, there was a, a storm brewing in the west and they couldn't see it coming. No, the Bible says the storm arose. You can say what you want to, amen, but these territorial spirits were aware of Jesus' mission long before the disciples uh, and the man from the Gadarenes knew about it, uh, Jesus knew about it, uh, and the spirits on the other side knew about it. That's why the storm blew up out of nowhere, because these territorial spirits uh, were confined to a region, and when Jesus broke that region, uh, amen, all of a sudden a storm arose uh, and said, we're in trouble now Jesus is on his way to the other side what are we going to do now we better try to fill his boat up we better try to beat against it with waves we better try to keep him from making landfall because if he ever makes landfall on this side we are in trouble mm -hmm. yes that's why as long as Jesus was on the other side, all was calm. But the moment Jesus entered into the territory, there arose a great storm of wind and caused the waves to beat. Now, if Jesus wouldn't have been on the ship, no storm. I believe that. No storm. Jesus was on the ship. Storm. Why? Because the spirits were on the other side. And it was trying to prevent Jesus from getting to the other side. And these spirits didn't want him making landfall on their side. They had taken possession of that side. They had taken possession of the man on that side. Amen. And when Jesus said, we're going to the other side, amen, they, they made contact with him about halfway across. And someone see this revelation this morning. Jesus is in your boat, and that's what's causing the storm. But the same thing that causes the storm calms the storm. And the reason we know the storm on the sea was part of the trouble on the land was Jesus dealt with the wind and how he dealt with the wind. Look at verse 37. I never saw this before. Of course, we know we just made reference to the fact that Jesus was on the ship and there arose a great storm of wind in verse 37. But I like verse 39 and it says that he arose. Every time a storm arises, you can just rest assured that Jesus is going to arise to meet it. And he arose and he rebuked the wind. He rebuked it. The only thing that you can find in Scripture where Jesus rebuked something was when he was dealing with an evil spirit. He rebuked it. He knew where it was coming from. So he rebuked the wind and he spoke to the wind. Excuse me, he, he, he rebuked the wind and he spoke to the sea. He calmed the waves. Once the wind was taken care of, the sea just laid down. The only thing Jesus ever rebuked was an unclean spirit. And Jesus recognized that he was fighting the spiritual opposition that was emanating from legion and trying to keep him from making landfall. And they were trying to do uh, this to Jesus. Uh, amen. And, and, and it isn't it amazing that the spirits thought they could do to Jesus what they were wanting to do with those pigs. We'll just drown him in the sea. Not so quick, Legion. The spirit ran toward Jesus, and it looked like an altercation was about to take place, but really it was a surrender. <laughs> it 
the Navy couldn't stop you. So the Army certainly isn't going to stop you. We tried to get you on the sea, but you rebuked us out there. And we know you're about to rebuke us here. Just don't torment us. Wow. Hmm. Whatever you've been wrestling and fighting with has already been defeated before you got here. The Lord just wants to let it manifest here. You see, what manifested at landfall was already won during the storm. Whatever the devil's tried to keep you from today, he's lost. Amen. I don't, I don't know what, what you're facing here today. I wish we could be really honest with ourselves and just say, you know what? I recognize something in my life that I've been wrestling with for a long time. My dad wrestled with it. My family wrestled with it. My grandpa, my grandma, my uncle, somebody in my family, we've always wrestled with this situation. We've always had a susceptibility to this. And I'm, I'm speaking to somebody that's wrestled something. You're tired of wrestling with it, and you don't know why you have to keep wrestling with it. But the Lord is making a, a, giving a revelation here today to somebody. He's saying, I'm about to speak to it and immediately change your life uh, if you will give it to me and give audience to me and let me talk to that thing that is trying to rule you. There's been a great storm of wind arise this week trying to keep Jesus from making landfall and you making contact with him, but it's too late. I said it's too late. I was down here worshiping today, and we were singing about chains breaking, amen, and people falling at Jesus' feet, uh, and I just began to say, too late, <laughs> too late, devil, you're too late, devil, you're too late, you should have sunk the ship, you should have caused the car not to start, you should have caused the alarm not to go off because you're too late. Whatever you're trying to keep and prevent from happening here today, you're too late. You're too late. If somebody's got alcoholism in your life, amen, it's too late. The Lord is here to help somebody. If you've got poverty in your life or your family, too late. The Lord says, I'm going to heal that. I'm going to break that off of you. I'm going to set your feet on a different path. Devil, you're too late. I wish somebody would say that today. Devil, you're too late. I'm already here. Amen. Amen. That thing that's tried to torment me has been praying all service long. Oh, don't let them find out who they are. Don't let them see Jesus. But they're too late. It's too late. Somebody say, it's too late. The ship has pulled in and Jesus has made landfall. Who will run to him? <laughs> who will run to him today? Who will come to him? Who will, who will meet him? And the Bible says immediately. Immediately when Jesus stepped out of the ship, the man was there. How did he know Jesus was coming? I'll tell you how he knew. He didn't know anything. That spirit that was inside of him knew that Jesus was about to make landfall and he was in trouble and he had to present himself because the spirit on the water couldn't stop him. There have been many times and many things in your life that have tried to stop you, but it couldn't stop you because Jesus said, I've got an appointment with them and I will be victorious victorious in them. I hear the Lord saying today, you've been here long enough. It's time for you to leave now. It's time for depression to leave you. Is anybody in agreement with that word? I said it's time for depression to leave somebody. Generational depression. 
stuff that counseling hasn't fixed, drugs hasn't fixed, but the Lord is in the house today and he's made landfall and he's waiting for somebody to run to him and say, Jesus, thou son of David, and those spirits are gonna beg for him to leave you and leave you alone. They've ruled you long enough. They've ruled your family long enough. I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. This is what the Holy Ghost told me. I'm gonna name some things that are gonna leave today. Alcohol is gonna leave somebody today. Pornography is gonna leave somebody today. Spirit of adultery is gonna leave somebody today. Spirit of fear is going to be broken off of somebody today in Jesus' name. Abuse is leaving. Well, it's the only life I know. Well, you're going to get to know a new life because Jesus loves you. He doesn't want you to live that way. Some of these things are hard to say and I'm sure they're hard to hear, but this is what the Lord said. Incest is gonna leave someone. Rape. The effects of rape. There are people in this house You've told no one, but you can't hide it from the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost says today, I stepped off the ship to take the effects of rape off of your life and to heal you on the inside. You see, the thing about this man that was deceiving, he kept breaking chains on the outside, but he still had chains on the inside until he got into the presence of Jesus. And then the chains on the inside had to break off. and rage and divorce and poverty and sickness, things that have latched on and kept bringing us down and dictating to us how we live. Nicotine, drugs, rebellion, hatred, gotta go. It's begging Jesus right now, give us leave. We don't care if we find a pig to run into and Jesus is gonna say, go. I don't know what some of you are waiting on, but the Lord has already said, go, 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 in Jesus' name, go. In the name of Jesus. I'm not talking about a temporary touch or a little tingle on your spine. I'm talking about deliverance. Chains breaking off. Forever changed. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, he's in the house. He's made landfall. He's made landfall. Run to him, run to him. You don't have to be embarrassed. Uh, we're on the same boat. Uh, we all got things we need to break off and deliver. There's some pigs running down the steep incline right now, violently running. The thing that Satan had intended for your life uh, is running away from you right now in Jesus' name. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. This altar needs to be filled with people. Don't be embarrassed. The devil is a liar. If he can keep you in a cave cutting yourself and crying, that's exactly where he wants you. Because if you ever get audience with Jesus, he's got to go. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hey, la morosa and the reo say, hey, undolomocondolomoye, hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus. It's breaking off right here, right now. Hallelujah. I wish some father and son, some mother and daughter, some family would come up and say, we've had enough of this. Uh, Today is the day it changes. <laughs> oh yes. Mm, hallelujah. 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 You write it down. There's some stuff going to be broken here today that you're not going to deal with like you've dealt with. Poverty's leaving. I'm not talking about a get rich quick. I'm talking about a mindset change. God's going to heal somebody's understanding. God's going to heal somebody's past. God's going to heal somebody's ability to see yourself blessed by God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Devil, you should have sunk their ship because it's too late now. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Shandalalabo, satanamakondololoboye. In the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about being under conviction about something, I'm talking about walking out of it. Some of you have been under conviction about immorality. I'm not talking about just feeling bad about it. I'm talking about having a decision made up in your mind. I'm walking out of this situation. I'm walking free from it. Ah, yay, go rose, Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Ha <laughs> Ah, 
Quit letting your past define you. Quit letting your past name you. Your name is not legion from this day forward. Your name is not alcoholic from this day forward. Your name is not undependable from this day forward. The Lord is going to heal some things. See, yeah, there's liberty right now. This is what the Lord would say. Many of you are heart sick because it is directly tied to your outlook because you've believed the devil that it is always going to be like this. And hope deferred makes the heart sick. The Lord wants to heal somebody's eyes today to see that you have a future that is free from any tomb, any stone, any chain, any fetter that tries to follow you through life. Because the key is in verse 15. And they came to Jesus to see them, him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion. See, that's what defined him. Sitting, clothed, and in his right mind. What are you saying? I'm saying it is possible. It is done. That Jesus can come and change your life and give you a future. used to be defined by something else. Who will run to Jesus right now? He's made landfall here. Hey, Lomo, ye did it, oh, so, do, 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 do
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Mm. I'm going to make one more appeal. Every head, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're up around this front, would you step forward as tight to this altar as you can and make room? Is there anyone that would just say, Lord, you're talking to me. Anyone? Don't let this moment pass you by. Because the 